Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. Every single day I come in here, I think about winning. You know, I don't do this year round to come in and not make the playoffs. I'm sick of that shit and uh, I want to keep winning. You're listening to the State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined as always by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. The Raiders are 500. They are, uh, when you put the graphic up on uh, the national TV broadcast of teams in the playoff hunt, they are officially on there uh, ahead of teams. The Chargers weren't even, aren't even on there anymore. They're, they're below 500. Um, we've got a team that is in the hunt. And now we'll get to find out this week if they're really in the hunt as they head to Miami to take on the Dolphins. But uh, they took care of business against the two bad New York teams beating the Giants and then beating the Jets. 16-12, ugly win, but like it is exactly the kind of game we thought it was going to be. I mean, I predicted a 16-9 score if the Jets hadn't kicked that damn last field goal, would have hit it on the money. But we've got a team that has stabilized themselves in the last couple of weeks uh, with Antonio Pierce as the interim coach. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously these are two games that I guess you could pencil in and say, like, these were very winnable games, but we've seen the Raiders lose a lot of those in recent years. And so there there are no gimmies with this team. And so for them to come out with a pretty impressive win over the Giants and then, you know, while it wasn't, you know, a high scoring affair or a blowout, you know, a, a gritty win over the Jets, um, you know, I think it's a good sign this team is rebounded from, from the, their midseason adversity and, and headed back in the right direction. You know, I think this team is really been led by the defense, I would say. You know, they've had their lapses here and there and been putting some some tough positions by the offense, but they stayed pretty resilient. And, you know, this is probably the best, at least since 2021, when they last made the playoffs, their best defense and, and you know, arguably better than that one. And, you know, on offense, they've really gotten Josh Jacobs in the run game going. And, you know, we talked about it all year that that was the thing that really was was hamstringing the offense. And, and with that getting going again, you know, they, they started to find some more success. And so they're playing more complimentary football, um, that old cliche, and won a couple of games. And now they have the biggest test of the season, you know, so far against the Dolphins. I think the biggest thing to me is like, you know, that Josh Jacobs is running the ball well, kind of their identity is kind of back. They want to, you know, kind of go through him. And Devontae's happy now. He's dancing in the locker room and getting all kinds of targets. He was definitely unhappy uh, before the coaching change. So those are positive signs on offense. It kind of looks like, you know, I don't know what his um, long-term projection is, but he's definitely a solid um, guy who's kind of learning on the go and getting a little better. He definitely, uh, I thought, played much better second half than the first half against the Jets. Uh, defensively, like Deshaun said, they're definitely they're, they're holding tough. I think um, one good thing to me about Robert Spillane is you can kind of see his development, which I think has been a – an issue with players who've come here, have been drafted here. You don't really see those guys get better. But he's a guy who definitely, I mean, AP mentioned they worked 
on his past defense in the offseason a lot, and he's definitely a pretty driven guy. So and now he's you know, to the point where he's making you know, game-winning interceptions with one hand. So um, that's, I think, kind of encouraging for for Raider fans to see just uh, a guy who's gotten better than they thought he was uh, during his time here. That's, that's been rare uh, over the years here. So got a lot of positive signs. I think they're in a good spot this weekend, I think, not to win, but they got nothing to lose. They, you know, they, they've won two in a row. They know people think they're going to lose the Dolphins. So I think that's going to be a, a recipe for a good um, approach and a good um, hunger to, to show people that they, they really are a good team. Another guy who is developing and who had a pretty good game against the Jets was Malcolm Kuntz, who was going against Makai Becton. I know the Jets' offensive line is pretty poor overall, but Makai Becton is probably their best uh, offensive lineman, and he's been playing some good ball. But Kuntz had a couple of really nice power rushes against him. And I mean, he's way smaller than Makai Becton, obviously. So it's kind of cool to see that, you know, he could get some speed to power against a guy that big. And then obviously he had the big strip sack. So yeah, defensively, I thought they played pretty well against the Jets, especially in the red zone, not giving up any um, touchdowns was obviously huge in that game. And again, you know, Max Crosby was a huge factor even when he's not getting the numbers. I mean, he's just so impactful on every play. On the one drive, the one where Zach Wilson nearly got into the end zone on a big scramble, on that play, Divine Diablo actually fell down in man coverage. And I think it was Tyler Coughlin was wide open in the end zone for a touchdown. But Crosby got in and forced Wilson outside the pocket. They couldn't contain him but that would have been an easy touchdown pass. And then on the very next play, he gets a holding call on the um, goal line, puts them 10 yards back, and then he stops, help stops two runs for uh, a net gain of one, and then he pressures the quarterback at third down. And then he plays 100% of the snaps, and then on the final snap of the game, he, he's a big reason um, that Hail Mary was, you know, the timing was thrown off, and they forced him to one side. So, you know, you know, we, we talk about, a lot about Crosby in this, on this pod, but... Uh, it was deserved. A few other notes I had on the Jets game. I thought the uh, the run blocking was a lot better. I know they didn't have a ton of rushing yards and they're mostly inefficient throughout the game, but it was mostly because the tight ends just could not block those Jets defensive ends. Uh, but the interior got surprising push. Mumford is not a great pass blocker, but he's a really physical run blocker. So that's an encouraging sign for the future, but the tight ends need to get better. And Josh Jacobs kind of just is just a beast. You know, he even when there's nothing there, he's able to muster out a few yards. And you could just tell the Jets were just tired of tackling him towards the end of the game. Aiden O'Connell made a couple really nice throws to Devontae Adams early in the game. But there are times where he'll just wait for Devontae Adams a little too long, even when he's doubled and that gets him in trouble. So you got to find a way to balance out the waiting for Devontae Adams to get open against double coverage and just having to move on from him sometimes to get to the next progression. Yeah. I mean, I thought what they did offensively against the Jets, I mean, we knew that it was going to be a tough day I and mean, we've seen offenses far, far better than the Raiders that have really struggled against this Jets defense. Uh, I mean, the chargers the week before, uh, even though the score looked lopsided by the end, they really struggled. I mean, Justin Herbert had probably his, his worst game in the NFL when they needed to really put together a drive, when they were able to put together that touchdown drive and, and kind of create that cushion, because, I mean, just this Jets offense is is so, so bad that you get a 16-9 lead and like 
that does feel like a, a decent little cushion against them. But I thought when they kind of when they needed to have a drive, they were able to put it together. And like you said, Josh Jacobs, they, they're establishing that as the identity. I mean, we we heard Antonio Pierce the first time he you know talked as the interim coach that he basically said, like, we are going to get back to being physical at the line of scrimmage, you know, running the ball. And you knew that that's what he wanted. He wanted to see this team reestablish itself around Josh Jacobs. And considering they were making the move to Aiden O'Connell, going to the rookie quarterback that they knew would need some development, it makes all the sense in the world. And that is what we're seeing through two games, that they are getting back to being that physical team that can run the ball. You know, we'll see if they can continue it. But um, to be able to do it, it, you know, to the degree, you know, it's it's hard to hard to move the ball against the Jets, and they were able to find ways when they really needed to to move the ball. Also, you also got to add, uh, you know, shout out to uh, shout out, <laughs> doing shout outs now uh, to DeAndre Carter. Definitely had a big game, and the uh, kick return kind of helped them with the field position, which was so key in that kind of game. So I think you saw why why he's here, and he kind of made an impact. Yeah, I think with the offense, like they haven't like necessarily like set the world on fire, but um, I think they they're doing a little bit better. In situational football, particularly the red zone, like that was something that was really rough for them the first eight games of the season. But they've been able to finish drives once they get down there at a higher rate. You know, they still have some issues extending drives, too many three and outs and drives where they get off the field quickly, of course. But, you know, I just think this offense just isn't going to be that great this season. But if they can, you know, do better in those situational areas where there's third downs or red zones or protecting the football, um, you know, with the way that the defense is playing right now, they'll, they'll give themselves a shot. I just want to uh, hop on a uh, big shout out to DeAndre Carter because uh, he there was one play where he he had to block John Franklin Myers. John Franklin Myers is a defensive end that weighs 289 pounds. DeAndre Carter weighs 190 pounds and he had to block him one on one. And it just looked hilarious because he was just so much bigger, but he had at least gotten away and Myers didn't make the tackle. So, yeah, shout out to him. But, yeah, I agree. I agree. The red zone offense is better. The, the one touchdown that they had to mayor. It was a play where Aiden O'Connell was kind of waiting for Devontae Adams against a double team, a double team. He didn't get open. And then he kind of scrambles last second, but the placement on that pass was perfect. And I also love that he actually gave the guy a chance. You know, we've seen so many times in the past where whoever the Raider quarterback is just won't give a guy a chance on third down or fourth down. And he gave Myers a chance and he put that ball in an absolute perfect location where only he could get it or no one could get it. Uh, so that was a really impressive play. And um, that's kind of the strength of O'Connor is his ball placement stands out. You know, you see that multiple times a game. Derek Carr has been reduced to you to whoever <laughs> the Raiders quarterback is. I mean, Garoppolo did, you know, Garoppolo didn't too. So five years know, from now, we're not even going to remember that Jimmy Garoppolo was ever even a Raider. I'm trying not to throw shots at people, you know, just try to get all about shout off. outs, not, not, not taking shots, but you know, going back to that defense. I mean, I think this is the best defense since 2016. You know, that was the, the 12 and four season. They were not a great defense then, but they were 20th in points allowed 26 in yards allowed. Um, they were a group that would give up yards. I mean, Vic and I remember the first two games of that season, they gave up back to back 500 yard games to the saints and the Falcons, but they were, you know, kind of an opportunistic defense. They were good at forcing turnovers and, you know, this Raiders team is still not anywhere near the uh, the upper half of the league and forcing turnovers. But over the last few weeks, they have been able to do that. They've been taking the ball away, you know, getting some interceptions, you know, getting the ball away. And uh, I think that's that's always kind of what we wanted to see. Like, it, if you're not going to be good, at least be opportunistic. And, you know, they're developing into, you know, certainly a, a defense that is 
at least in that average range and, and, and getting to be a little more opportunistic. Uh, last few games have only allowed one touchdown, which I mean, we, we know the opponent is, is not anything, but uh, you know, we are, we are seeing some signs of growth there. And, and like you said, I mean, they, the reason they're five and five right now is, is largely because of that defense. Even with like the, you know, just basic stats, they're, they're pretty good right now. I mean, they're, they're 13th in scoring defense, 18th in yards per game allowed. And so I don't know the last time the Raiders finished with a top 15 score on defense. It's, it's probably before my time. But, you know, like you said, creating more turnovers, but also on a play-by-play basis. I think they're, you know, they're not giving up those yards that maybe some of these past defenses do. I hate to be that guy, but like the last time we were like uh, toasting the rest defense, they went to Chicago and they didn't do very well. So this is definitely a big test. I mean, Tua definitely is a lot better than uh, Zach Wilson and uh, and Danny DeVito. So I'm going to hold off and, and celebrate the Rays defense for a couple of weeks. They got two tough ones coming up, but definitely they're on the right track. But I'm still not sure if they're how close they are to being uh, a solid playoff type you know, defense. Where's Vic's uh, Raiders sack prediction that currently stand right now? We do one of those like meters, like those like like uh, on the side of the podcast. We're going to watch like a pot of gold, or, like you know, a sack in the pot. But I think it's going to happen. Fifty, right? Fifty is your amended. We'll go. We'll go with your amended. Oh, amended. It was a work in progress. We're like workshop of sixty, fifty. Yeah, twenty-five right now. Ten games in. Twenty-six it says twenty-six on uh, True Media. Okay. It's going to be tough because the Dolphins get the ball out pretty quick and so do the Chiefs. So I don't know if these next two weeks are going to be a lot of sacks. Let's look ahead to this Miami game. Certainly, it is a different level of competition now that they're going up against, uh, we'll call it a real NFL offense, not just a real NFL offense, but the most explosive offense in the league. Looks like they're going to get Devon Achan back. This team is like literally loaded with like probably the five of the eight fastest players in the league. Uh, so this is going to be the big test for them. Can they, you know, can they corral... Tyreek Hill, can they corral A-Chan? Can they, you know, Jalen Waddle? you know, what will Tua be able to do? Raheem Mostert, um, this is the biggest challenge they faced all year. And and so, like Vic said, we probably are hyping them up uh, a little bit too soon, uh, considering what they have ahead of them on Sunday. Or we're doing it at the right time, because if you don't do it now, then we can never do it. So that's probably makes sense what we're doing. Like, hey, good job, Raiders defense, because odds are next week we'll be like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, there you go. But no, I mean, that's, you know, while we were hyping up the Raiders defense, like that is something that they've been pretty bad at this season is stopping the run. You know, they've been around 30th in, in Russian defense in, in most metrics uh, right now. And the Dolphins, while, you know, obviously Tua and Tyreek and Waddle and all their pass catchers get a lot of the hype. I mean, they're also like top two in Russian offense right now. And so, you know, if, if they're not able to do much better um, against the ground game this week and, Obviously, that sets up the play action game and the deep shots downfield as well. And so they're going to have to step up in a big way compared to what they've done for most of the season in order to slow down this Dolphins uh, offense. Because, you know, it's not just um, the running back they have coming back, but Mostert and Wilson as well have been effective. And so they just have seemingly endless options um, in terms of weapons. And and Mike McDaniel has shown himself to be one of the best play callers in the league. And it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, where the Dolphins' offense has gotten in trouble, they they had three games against winning teams that they just did not perform up to their standard. And in those games, they were just trying to hunt for explosive plays, even when they weren't there, when a defense was sitting back. So uh, defensively, you have to be patient. I, I feel like they probably spent the bye week looking at it and, and self-scouting and, and realizing sometimes we have to go to the check down and stop – try to force the ball to Tyreek Hill too much against some of these better teams. 
it, it might not matter against the uh, the Raiders if Tyreek Hill is just going to beat your safety and your corner at the same time. But uh, I'm sure that they are going to go to the check down a little bit more and, and um, let some of these underneath guys create, especially if defenses are going to sit back against them. And I feel like the Raiders are probably going to sit back just because they're, I don't think they're going to trust their corners like the Chiefs trust their corners one-on-one with Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle. And the run game is where where they could blow this game out because the Raiders are going to sit back in too deep, I imagine. You have to be able to stop the run with the light box. And some of the, um, you know, the Eagles have a very good defensive line. They were able to give them trouble. The Chiefs have a very good defensive line. They were able to give them trouble. But will the Raiders be able to stop this 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 Dolphins run game with a light box, that's going to be a huge question. But what they do have going for them is you know what's coming. They like to toss the ball a lot. They like to run outside a lot. So if you could stop that outside run game and, and force them to run inside where their interior offensive linemen are, is probably their biggest weakness, that's where you might be able to get them. But there's just so many challenges you know, with this Dolphins offense. You try to stop one thing, another thing pops off. It's going to be a huge challenge. Yeah, in terms of those short passes, I, I know who they might be targeting with those, given his run of tackling or not tackling this season. I guess we should say with Marcus Peters, like it's been it's been pretty rough. Like I think his coverage has been all right, but like when he has to tackle, like Jesus. So whether it's Tyreek Kill or Waddle, I could I could see them, uh, or even the running backs, I could see them throwing some of those short passes to his side of the field. Yeah, this is not a good Marcus Peters game because you know he kind of he's not he's never been a guy with great long speed. And he's been a guy that kind of tries to bait quarterbacks into things. When you're going against four-two speed, it, it's hard to just try to bait guys and play that kind of game. So it's going to be a, a rough one for Marcus Peters, I think. Man, you're you're putting the uh, putting the inspiration out there for him. He's going to try to prove you wrong. Hey, if he does, he does. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What do we want to see out of Aiden O'Connell? Um, it's his third straight start, fourth overall. Um, you know, he's he's made certainly some progress. From, you know, if you go back to the first half of that Chargers game, um, obviously that looked pretty rough. We saw him in the second half, he was better. You know, he's, he's won two starts in a row opponents are uh, taken into consideration now he has to go on the road in miami you know, i don't know i haven't checked the uh the weather report at least you're not going there in september but uh you know usually the it's a warm day some humidity uh i think vic is pulling out the weather report right now um what, what do we want to see out of o'connell in this one his first you know his first true road start if you consider that you know the previous road start was in la in front of a uh, you know majority raider fans I think the biggest things are just, you know, don't uh, turn them all over. It's pretty obvious. And, uh, you know, like you we talked about earlier, kind of process things a little faster. I mean, his downfall has been when he holds the ball too long. So I think uh, ideally they get the, the run established at least where it buys them a little bit of time. And uh, the Dolphins are kind of, you know, pin their ears back to go get them. But, um, yeah, the one thing we've seen with him is, like Ted mentioned, the, the good uh, ball placement. Uh, he's got poise. Definitely is a mature, mature rookie. So I think he'll be able to handle – the environment so uh yeah just try to avoid like you know uh, mistakes that kind of cause a downward uh a downward spiral but um yeah so just don't do too much i guess with my with my advice be interesting to see how he plays from behind given we we, we think they're probably gonna whoa, end up whoa, falling whoa. behind wow. you already, oh. already put the down seven hey listen 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 <laughs> this dolphins offense like I'm not expecting him to slow them down too much. So there's probably going to be some situations where he has to, you know, more true dropbacks, have to air it out a little bit to play catch up. And we saw him do that in his first start to a degree against the Chargers. Um, and obviously that was a mixed bag with the turnovers and all the sacks and things of that nature. You know, I think he's been fine in these two wins, but like he hasn't really had to like, you know, go win in the game or one of those situations necessarily. And so if that ends up emerging in this one, I, I think that'd be a good test to see how he handles it, you know, his second time around. This Dolphins secondary had a rough start to the season, but I think they're really starting to get into a good form, especially with Jalen Ramsey back. Um, and they, you know, they got Xavier Howard back. I thought they played a really good game against the Chiefs. And the thing with the Vic Fangio defense is it, it, it's really tough for a young quarterback to read. I mean, it's tough for a veteran quarterback to read. There's times where Patrick Mahomes looked like he didn't know you know, what, what the sec, what the secondary is doing and he just kind of had to scramble. So, you know, when you're facing a Fangio defense, it, it, it's going to be hard for you to to make those reads. I want to see if Aiden O'Connell is able to do that. I want to see him find those one-on-one matchups and, you know, find that balance between forcing the ball to Adams and, and realizing when is a good time to just take that one-on-one with Jacoby Myers or Hunter Renfro or, or Mayer, whoever it is. And I want to see him be aggressive. You know, I know we want to see him play a relatively clean game, but in this type of game, you can't just, you can't be too conservative because you have to take some chances or um, you're not going to be able to keep pace with this Miami's uh, Miami Dolphins offense. 
We mentioned earlier, this is really the start of a, a tough five game gauntlet. They've got the Dolphins and they've got home against the Chiefs. They get their bye, and then it's Vikings who, you know, suddenly refound themselves really before Kirk Cousins got hurt. And then with Joshua Dobbs coming in there, then it's Chargers and it's at Chiefs again. And, and even the last two games that I think a week ago we were kind of saying, eh, they're not that bad. You know, Colts are have found their way to five and five, and, and the Broncos are certainly playing better, having beaten the Bills on Monday night. But uh, when you look at this being the start of this five game stretch, this one may be the toughest because you're heading to Miami. Miami's off a bye. You're flying cross country. Not an easy task against a, a rested Dolphins team. And uh, I think we'll we'll really learn a lot about kind of how Antonio Pierce has been able to prepare this team. Is he a guy that could kind of get this team into that mindset of everyone's thinking we're going to lose? And you know, what have you guys seen really from kind of the lasting impact so far of Antonio Pierce? you know, in his first couple of weeks. I mean, we obviously kind of expected there would be an immediate jolt, everybody excited about a change. But do you feel like a couple of weeks later that this team is still feeling that jolt of energy from Antonio Pierce? I do. I think the players are definitely um, totally bought in. I think they um, are excited about his approach. It's so much different than Josh's was. And I think you see the early results. The schedule worked out perfectly. Two home games against teams with, with bad offenses. And now I think this kind of, you know, he mentioned himself, the first week was more of an emotional win. The last week was more of a gritty kind of like, you know, just kind of maintain and, and focus on the fundamentals and, and make the plays you have to make. So this one might be back to the emotional game because this one I'm sure, you know, he's going to be preaching that, you know, with 13-point underdogs, we have, you know, people think we stink. We're not really, no one believes what we're doing. We're not buying this 2-0 win and we got to show that we are. So I think this fits his style of coaching perfectly as far as, uh, you know, an emotional kind of, I'm sure, a fiery pregame speech to get these guys trying to prove that they are a good team, which um, is a great frame of mind because you got to play like you have nothing to lose against um, these top teams or else you're, you know, kind of beat yourself. Uh, so, yeah, I think the players are totally in, and I think um, that's why I, mean, I think it'll be fun to watch. I, mean, I know the matchup is not great, but I think it'll be fun to watch them uh, compete against a tougher team after these first two weeks. Yeah, I think the main thing has been like a different level of confidence um, that the team carries. Like I think Josh Jacobs said after the win last week, you know, is, he's saying it's not a fluke, you know, so they, they feel like they belong and, and that they have a chance in every game that they play. And, you know, that's something that we've seen them crumble earlier this season, whether it was, you know, when things start to go wrong, whether it was the Bills game or the Bears game, um, even the Lions game to a degree where, you know, one or two bad things happen and, and, and it's almost like, not that they give up, but it just gets out of hand, you know, relatively quickly. And I think they have a different level of belief in themselves now and fight. Like at the end of the day, like, you know, that you can still get handled by a team that's just better. And we'll, we'll see if that happens, you know, the next couple of weeks against the Dolphins and the Chiefs. But, you know, I, I think they're just carrying themselves in a different way right now. And, you know, even if they come out of this, you know, let's say that they're five and seven going into the bye, like, I don't think that's something that's going to necessarily, you know, break them as a team, you know, moving forward with the rest of the season. Playing to not inferior opponents, but winnable games uh, to start off the Pierce tenure was huge for this team to build confidence going into this Dolphins game. You know, this shouldn't be the team mindset. It's not their mindset. I mean, obviously they're going to want to win this game, but even if they find a way to stay competitive in this game, it's, I think it still kind of adds to that momentum building within, within this building. So we'll see what happens, but I think this, Pierce effect is going is to last for a while. I mean, and the Pierce effect even kind of came into the preparation for this game, right? They were originally planning to spend the week in, in Florida, right? And uh, that was something that the players uh, kind of did not want to do. 
I was booked, man. I was ready to go, Orlando. But um, yeah, the players weren't keen on the idea. I think he definitely is, like he he said himself, he's empowered them kind of to be part of the, the decision making process. And, and while they're winning, they definitely earned that. I mean, who knows? He might pull back at some point. But yeah, I think he realized, you know, that they have a good thing going. So why not? Uh, let's not travel early and let's practice at home and and kind of uh they went earlier they practiced three hours earlier every day this week so that was their one adjustment but yeah they canceled the trip, the trip to orlando and i think that's the player's request and again another move that the players love and they kind of uh they feel like he's their guy and kind of a former player who definitely uh understands them and kind of uh wants them to be at their best and gives them the right to decide how that's attainable so i think that definitely has been a big thing for him so far so yeah no no orlando uh this week um which is weird. I just got a text. It must be from uh, where I was going to stay. I try to figure out like this weird text. Uh, it says, due to the weather, karaoke at the Copa Loca pool has been canceled. Dude, that sounds awesome. I didn't know karaoke at a pool was a thing, man. The Copa hey, just go pool. anyway. Yeah, you might as well just go, man. Well, we're Orlando now. but uh, So, yeah, so uh, so no karaoke at the pool, but uh, they got to stay home and get some home cooking. So uh, I think the players are pretty happy. What timing on that text? It was. It just happened five minutes ago. I'm like, what is this? Oh, it must be Orlando. I got it. Maybe when you get to Miami, you can find some karaoke at a pool, hopefully. I didn't know that was a thing. I had no idea. I'm in. We got to get, uh, get Brian there with a mic to record that for getting on the next show. No doubt. All right. Well, uh, are we ready to make predictions? Vic, uh, you're fired up for the Raiders. I'm uh, fired you, up, man. Pick. I'm fired up, man. They're going to cover the spread, man. They're going to cover the 13-point spread. I'm going to go Dolphins 30. Raiders 20. You just got like, it's a 13 point spread. He's like, oh, they're, they're covering. It's the they're covering, baby. Like, bring out the balloons. Bold, bold prediction. Pop the, champ- pop the champagne. They're covering the spread. Woo. Yeah, I'm going to go Dolphins 34, Raiders 20. So they don't cover the spread. Not covering the spread. Right. Yeah, I think this, this Dolphins offense is, is just too much. As Ted said earlier, I think their defense has started to improve the last couple of weeks as well. And that's a tough one for the Raiders. I don't, again, I don't think it's like a, it reverses everything that Antonio Pierce has done the last couple of things or anything like that. But I just think they're, they're outmatched in this one. Yeah. I, I'm going to say 37 to 20. Too much offense. Oof. 37 to 20. I, I just think there's I mean, too isn't much. That, off- isn't that like literally the Dolphins average, like 36.5 or something like that? I think, I, is I think it? it is. I mean, that's, that's like an average output for them. And you're catching Mike McDaniel off a bye week when he has time to kind of wrinkle out, you know, add some new wrinkles and iron out some of the problems they've had. I just think it's a bad time to catch the Dolphins. And um, I think, you know, they kind of keep it a little competitive in the in the first half, but in the second half, the Dolphins will just kind of take off. My apologies. The Dolphins have dropped down. They're only averaging 31.7 points per game. I think they were up like in the 36 range at some point. Obviously, you score 70 points in a single game. It's going to uh, inflate your average. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'll go 31-17. So Ah. do not cover the spread. We got Vic. Vic Vic is on the island covering the spread. Um, We all picked the Raiders to lose. So. They're gonna win. We, we, we've, given you, we've, we've given you a chance, Raiders fans, to uh to get a win in South Beach. I must say, I almost almost flipped my pick to the Raiders after I saw two as two as cornrows. Those 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 are pretty bad. They're they're pretty rough. I don't know, man. I, I think that uh maybe maybe that swings swings it in Vic's favor here. I think the one advice I'd give Antonio Pierce is uh don't get blown out because um. When Tony Sperano was interim coach, players are again behind them. I think he had a chance to be the full-time coach. 
and they went to St. Louis, and they lost the game by 52 points, and that was pretty much the end of its chances. So I think as long as they remain competitive and they kind of – the game next week is a probably a bigger game against the Chiefs. So just kind of maintain and, and play well, and but don't let uh, things fall apart because that will definitely uh, impact his chances of getting a full-time job. Yeah, it feels like home against the Chiefs. That's uh, that's one where you want to be able to, you know, put up some level of competitiveness. You want you want to show that you can uh, go up against the uh, the monster in the division. Um, you know, one thing we forgot to address is uh, the Raiders added Jack Jones. Uh, they, they 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 get rid of their the Patriot way, and then they bring in a former Patriot. But obviously, this is not a former Patriot so much as it's a former uh, Long Beach Poly Jackrabbit and uh, Arizona State Sun Devil, a guy that uh, Antonio Pierce. I wonder if you've ever had a, a coach or a player been coached by the same player in high school, college, and the NFL. Uh, probably maybe a, an instance or two of that, but uh, that, that's pretty remarkable. He's going to have, have been coached by this guy at three different levels. Yeah, so definitely shows he knows him really well because, I mean, people look at it as a risk, but it's kind of a low-risk move because he doesn't um, – if he has any kind of issues off the field, he's scared of them, but um, – Clearly, even Bill Belichick said he has some talent. He definitely has a, he's a guy who can make some plays. So I think the Patriots tried to kind of make it work, and they finally gave up because at this point they're, they're what, 2-8? and eight? So what, when, for who, for what? Why deal with a headache if you can't? But this, the Raiders actually have a need there. I think they like his skill set. So uh, to me, it's like a, it's really a low-risk addition, and I think AP knows him pretty well. Yeah, obviously the big thing with, with Jack Jones is the the off-the-field stuff. You know, he had a couple incidents in college, legal situations, and – this past off and off season had the incident with was it a gun at airport right so when he's been on the field though I mean he's, he's played really well I mean last season as a rookie I mean he was he was a standout for the Patriots in 13 starts and seemed like he was on the verge of becoming a player there you know we'll see like if he's able to keep his head on straight they do have a need for depth as as Vic said with you know Amik Robertson coming off of a pretty serious concussion last week um, against the Jets you know you seemed to be knocked unconscious in that game. So I'm sure his we'll see about his status. You know, he's been in the locker room and looks upbeat and stuff, but like typically players don't don't play off of those. Um so they could use him as as soon as this week. That's hell of a hell of an intro to the Raiders go out there. Go go guard Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. So you know he might get an opportunity out there. All right guys. Well that will wrap up. I don't know. Ted, Ted has disappeared on us, but uh, otherwise we'd get his his great. Let's be Jack honest, take. he's he's taking a shit. He's disappeared and <laughs> and, and 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 left us. So go go we to got the a nice toilet, blank man. screen to look at. Uh, but all right, we will uh, we'll leave it at that, and we'll we will leave it up to that. our producer whether or not he wants. To- include that good god uh, man we you know we've been good this year we haven't had these instances where like the last two minutes of the podcast just completely devolve into vic talking about little darlings and what I, I, that never happens we're, we're having an old school podcast where we just completely lose control in the last couple of minutes so uh that's probably a good time to wrap it up I prefer the blank screen to the image of him taking a shit though i gotta say i, I really didn't need the detail about where he might have gone but uh Good luck, Ted. Hope you uh, hope you do okay in there, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow or something. All right, y'all. Bye. All right, y'all. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs>